Welcome to the Diamond Mind Podcast with Nate and Lee, where we listen to all 92 Diamond albums certified by Billboard. Today's album is... The M&M Show by Eminem. But before anything else, here's our news segment. And welcome back to your music news. It's been about three weeks, so I have a lot to cover. Bear with me. A lot has happened in the music world since we last saw you. First off, if you like the game Wordle... And oh, if I just you like lost the game. Sorry. The game Weezer... The game... Nope, the band Weezer, then you're in luck because <laughs> they have come out with a game called Weasel for Weezer fans. What? I need to play that. Go look at that. Uh, Mick Fleetwood is a new face and nails of Harry Styles' nail polish brand, pleasing with the drummer appearing in a series of psychedelic-inspired images for the campaign. Donda 2 is not eligible for Billboard since he did not release it on... Um, Nate is playing Weasel. I was trying to figure out how it works. Nice. <laughs> um, but Donda 2 is not eligible for Billboard because <clears throat> he did not release it on main streaming services. He only released it on his, uh, whatever it's called. Moving on. Oh, but apparently with the stem player, that's what it's called... He could have had 10 consecutive chart-topping albums, but sadly... Dummy boy. (laughs) He missed out, and I just unplugged my headphones. Next up, Glass Animals' Heat Waves uh, now holds the all-time record for the longest trips into the Hot 100's top 10, top 5, and number 1. Uh, top 10 was 42 weeks, top 5 was 51 weeks, and the number 1 spot was 59 weeks. Next, Deep Purple cancels their Moscow concert in protest of Russia's war on Ukraine, like I said, after Green Day canceled. Uh, many other artists would follow. Dolly Parton wants to collab with Cardi B. The weasel today was faker. <laughs> Sorry, I'm going to have to mute that. <laughs> i got to write that in my notes. <laughs> okay, um... And Eminem, who is the feature of this episode, has set the bar higher than ever per RIAA. Uh, Eminem has a new top certified gold and platinum. He, oh, okay. I'm sorry. Let me just um, read. water. Um, Eminem is now the number one top certified with gold and platinum singles. And he has even added a new Diamond album to the list. So now instead of 29, we have 30 that we still need to cover. He has 73.5 million new certified units. And has 166 million career single awards. Next up, that's not important. Um, ZZ Top announced their first new album in 10 years. And they spring the Raw Whiskey Tour. And Dusty Hill had actually had some recordings prior to his death that will be on the album. Next, Leonard Skinner, for some reason, is to resume their Big Wheels tour in April. Oh, God. Okay. Uh, Porcupine Tree. Never heard of them. Never listened to them. Me neither. Announces their first North American tour in 12 years with a new single. The Muppets band Electric Mayhem is getting its own show. Can't wait to see more of that. Elon Musk and Grimes have a new kid. I'm not going to pronounce the name. Is it spelled like... The, it, yeah. yeah okay. No, I'm not cool. doing that. A new Billy Joel biopic is going into production. Sorry, I got sent a meme and I had to look at it. Okay, a new Billy Joel biopic is going into production without the rights to Billy Joel's likeness, name, or music. Don't know how you do that without that, but cool. <laughs> okay, this one. No, I haven't even gotten to the picture yet. I'll send it to you to put in the music news. Okay. But a heavy metal musician and visual artist from Tampa is saying goodbye to the toilet he sculpted to look like Metallica drummer <laughs> Lars Ulrich, which is now headed to Denmark to be put on display at the Ripley's Believe It or Not Museum. Are you ready for the picture? Yes. Because, oh, Lars is from uh, Denmark. That's where he's from. <laughs> no way that's real say you swear on my life on my life 
I want to poop in that. That was him in like the 80s. <laughs> anyway. Pink Floyd and David Gilmour are removing all of their music from 1987 to the present from streaming services in Russia. Next, Weezer, speaking of, um, are coming out with four EPs, each inspired by <laughs> magic, pagan myths, religious rituals, Vivaldi's The Four Seasons, Shakespeare, and more. They have released their first EP, I do believe. Uh, yes, they did. They released it on the Spring Equinox. If you haven't listened already, go ahead and go give it a little tune, okay? Um, Avril Lavigne's Complicated turned 20, which is very weird to think about. That is weird. Mm-hmm. Whitney Houston's 19, 1992, the Bodyguard soundtrack, if you haven't seen that episode, go watch it, is the highest certified soundtrack in RIAA top certified history at 18 times platinum. Fun fact. And Katy Perry holds the number one RIAA top certified single by a female artist of all time in music history, and that, ladies and gentlemen, is Firework, and it is 12 times platinum. Metallica celebrated their first gig 40 years ago on March 14th, I do believe. Dolly Parton said she wanted to withdraw her name from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame ballot. However, they denied her that because they had already started the votes, which I had already voted for her. Mm-mm-mm. Sorry. Hold up. Time out. I know this isn't music news, but I'm just seeing this on Twitter. Uh, if you haven't heard yet, this recording will be coming out a good bit after this has happened. Oh, that's uh, already. Will Smith smacked the crap out of Kit, uh, Chris Rock. Mm-hmm. And I just saw on Twitter, in 8K quality images, you can see a pad on Chris Rock's cheek. So, people think it was staged. I don't know if that picture is edited. I, I'll, I'll get to that in a minute. Okay, um, Cool. The George Michael estate has accused Tory Lanez of sampling Careless Whisper without permission on his 2021 song, Enchanted Waterfall. Don't know if anything else has happened to that. Um, yeah, I'm not reading that one. Nirvana producer Steve Albany wants to help Dolly Parton make a rock album after she refused to be included in the rock call uh, of fame. And... You know what? <laughs> I would love to see the outcome of that. Um, Duran Duran are heading out on the road for a 14-day North American tour featuring special guests Nile Rogers and Chick on select stops. Let's see. Anything else? Oh, okay. So Becky G um, is the number one certified Latin single, or has the number one Certified Latin single by a female artist. And I think it's called Mayores. So sorry if I butchered that. But it went 46 times platinum to reach its diamond status. Uh, Kanye West, I don't know if he still is, but he was temporarily suspended from Instagram for violating the policies for harassment and bullying. The Rolling Stones announced a mob. No, he's still on. Wait. No, he is. Well... He's on there, but he doesn't have any posts anymore. So Yeah. Uh, the Rolling Stones announced Milestone Stone 60 tour and tease new music. Still not the same without Charlie. Um, we're almost there. Barbara Streisand is the number one awarded female for RAA Album Awards. Barbara has achieved 68.5 million album certifications. And her name got mentioned in a Pitbull song that one time. Barbara Streisand. Uh, The game says Kanye's Grammy performance was pulled due to his Instagram. Paul McCartney is the only artist to reach the top of the UK charts as a solo artist, duo, trio, quartet, quintet, and musical ensemble. That's a fun fact, really, not music news, but isn't that crazy? That is crazy. Bob Dylan's self-titled debut came out 60 years ago on March 20th, which is also very crazy. Um, two days after Arcade Fire announced their upcoming album, We, longtime member Will Butler revealed that he left the band at the end of 2021. 
Um, oh, girl, Shania. Come On Over is the top certified album by a female in all of the U.S. music history at 20 times platinum. Congrats, Shania. Um, Tony Bennett was the answer for a Jeopardy question. Nirvana, Something in the Way, debuts at number 46. Something in the way. Uh. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, on this week's Hot 100, thanks to the Batman movie that has come out recently. Yeah. And it Sorry. earns Nirvana its fifth career entry on the Hot 100 and its first since You Know You're Right in 2002. Wow. Linkin Park's Numb has joined the Billions Club on Spotify. Uh, 25 years ago, NSYNC released their self-titled debut album. If you haven't seen that episode, go check it out. Aerosmith announces a 2022 Aerosmith Las Vegas there? residency from June yeah, through December. Taylor Hawkins, drummer of Foo Fighters, passed away at the age of 50 years old, and the rock world is shattered. If you never had the privilege of seeing him live, I am so sorry because he was... Energetic. He was one of a kind. He was very great to watch perform. And from what I've heard from all of the hundreds of artists that have posted and commented about him, he's a great person in general. Um, ah, the very first 2022 released. Or no, the very first 22, 2022 uh, I don't know, <laughs> certified title. Is Gunna's Push and Pee. It is certified gold. Yeah. Push and Pee. How much more do I have? Okay. Uh, Doge Cat announces that she is leaving the music community. And it was very abrupt and things like that. Since the death of Taylor Hawkins, Foo Fighters' greatest hits has, greatest hits has jumped into the number one best-selling album spot on Amazon. Billie Eilish won best original song... No Time to Die um, at the Oscars. And, no, okay. Will Smith, okay. Getting into that because he is... Uh, Technically a rapper. He's a music man, okay. So, I watched that clip a hundred times. I don't think that was staged. Because the pure silence and shock that went through the entire place. And then on Instagram today, he ended up issuing an entire apology. It's saying that he apologizes to Chris and okay. the way he acts. I don't think it was staged, but if somebody came out and was like, that was staged. I wouldn't be surprised. Yes, I wouldn't be surprised. Maybe if it was staged, I would say that only like the producers, Chris and Will knew about it, though. Like it wasn't like the people in the crowd didn't know that was going to happen. Yeah, no, for sure. But then he, like, went back to his seat and yelled at him. Yeah. And Chris, like, kind of stumbled over his words afterwards. Like, I don't know. I don't know. It's like, wow, Will Smith just smacked the shit out of me. Yeah. And then he was like, so this next documentary, this next Oscar, <laughs> like, he was just kind of out of it because Will Smith revved up and... It smacked him across the face. Got him with all four fingers. Um, Roxy Music will reunite this September for the Rock Hall inducted Art Rocker's first North American tour together in nearly two decades. And last, finally, last thing. Taylor Swift is to receive honorary degree from NYU. And she will be addressing the class of 2022. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is it for your music news. And we're back. So before we get into anything else, here's our social medias. The Twitter, TDM Pod, TDM P-O-D. The Instagram, the Diamond Mind Podcast. The YouTube, Fur Face and Stuff. Uh, the Diamond Mind. Look up Diamond Mind Podcast. That's us. Um, TikTok, Diamond Mind Podcast. Uh, rate five stars, follow, comment, like, find my email. Anything else? Subscribe. Subscribe. So Lainey. Tell us about the Eminem show. I would like to say that I listened... Did you listen to the Explicit album? Yes. Okay. I listened to the Explicit version of the album. There is a clean version, but the clean version does not include one of the songs because it is so disturbingly raunchy. Um, I would also like to say that this has probably been the first episode where we listened separately. Yeah. That's weird. And then 
We're coming together yeah. to compare now. <laughs> <laughs> Something in the way. Yeah. <laughs> um, we have to listen to the album at some point. Oh, yeah, we do. Okay. Um, but this album went 10 times platinum. It is 20 songs long, an hour and 17 minutes, and it was released on May 26, 2002, so it is almost 20 years old. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now, let's get this show on the road. Okay. So <laughs> get it, the m M&M show. <laughs> so his first show... Uh, I hate you. Uh, this first song is called White America. Uh, he specifically says in the beginning to listen to the words, so you know what I did. I really tried to listen to the words. Right. Uh, it's definitely some sort of political statement. Uh, this is that period where Eminem's sound got super similar to the uh, song Till I Collapse. Like, he got a lot of songs where his his sound wasn't as, like, hmm. I don't know how to put it. Like, he was, like, smacking you in the face with his, with his mm-hmm. sound. It wasn't just like he was rapping like he was almost like screaming at you cuh you know what i'm saying uh anyways uh he's talking about how him being white benefits him but now they don't like like white people don't like him because he raps and they're like racist and they're like oh he's he's black he's trying to be black um it's over a kind of slower beat it's just kind of a standard eminem song honestly I like this. I like this album, um, but this song was not a great start for me. I thought that this album was going to be kind of bland, but um, this is honestly one of the lower points in the album for me. I'm not gonna lie. All right. All right. So this curtains up skit is ultimately um, the beginning of three theater themed projects by Eminem, including this album, The Eminem Show, Encore, and Curtain Call. And Encore actually includes a second skit with the same title. But basically, it's just the curtains open, there's applause, and the, there's piano playing in the background. And you can hear footsteps as someone, uh, Eminem, approaches the mic and, you know, he taps on the mic. There's some feedback there. He clears his throat, which perfectly leads into the next song. This next song is called Business. Uh what? starts off, what? Business. No, White America. Yeah. That's the one I just talked about. I was talking about the like the very first one. Oh. Skit. I guess I didn't write about that one. <laughs> I mean, that's a skit. <laughs> okay, well then let me just talk about White America real quick. Which leads into the song that Nate had just talked about, White America. At the peak of his career, which was like 1999 to 2003, he received a lot of backlash, resentment due to the attention and honor he received from the entertainment industry as a white man in an African-American-dominated genre, as Nate has previously mentioned. In this song, Eminem acknowledges that the positive reception he receives from consumers, critics, and media is due to his complexion and not only his dexterity. There is a slow tempo, and he enunciates every word because he wants you to listen, as Nate said that he basically told you at the very beginning. Uh, The song is relevant not only because people still hate Eminem for this situation that he speaks about, but um, it also occurs with people every day in the music, film, you know, whatever industry like that. I said that the chorus is very catchy, especially how he starts each line with, White America! Yeah. Um, he really goes in at the end of the song saying F you to all these political heads, and then he's just like, no, I'm kidding, you know I love you. (laughs) That's a lie. Um, good stuff. Didn't even feel like five and a half minutes, but next song. This next song is called Business. Uh, starts off with like a little Morse code something. What, what is that? Uh, like a telegram sound kind of deal? Um, this beat is... Why is that a telegram? (laughs) What is that then? Is it Morse code? I thought Morse code was like. Keep going. Um, it feels very nineties. Uh, they introduce him like coming to the stage, which. Uh... Well, and you got the sound effect right now. But they introduce him coming to the stage, which I thought was cool because this is like a theater themed album. Um, he says. 
one of my favorite bars in the song. He says, a state of 911, like a state of emergency. I thought that was a fire bar. I love Eminem's wordplay, and that's something you're going to hear throughout this album. Wait, I think I mentioned that. Um, <laughs> with, with just, like, a lot of these songs. I love what? the way... Eminem does his wordplay and will like have the same vowel sounds going throughout a whole entire line. It's like, dude, how are you even finding words with that vowel sound? No, I get that. I get that um, this one actually. But uh, but uh, Eminem also does this thing where he'll have like the beat go along with the bar. Mm-hmm. So if he said a phone number, like in this song, he talks about a phone number, then. A phone dialing sound effect plays. And I really, really like that. And he does that in a lot of his songs. Um, I will say, I do think Eminem is a top five rapper all time. I'm a, I have a very positive opinion on Eminem. So, right. uh, I just love that. It just makes it more immersive. And all around, song's a banger. Right, so Genius Lyrics just says that Eminem and Dre use the same superhero theme to get rid of the real villain, Bad Lyricism. Moving into my notes, Eminem was basically Dr. Dre, Dr. Dre's protege, if you didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, so you were talking about that. It is kind of like Morse code, but also, think of the bat phone. Yeah. Because the intro was a very like vintage Batman script where Robin's like, holy Toledo's Batman. Like, you know, that I guess I thing. just didn't get that reference. But we're introduced to the beat that is very popular with Eminem and how Eminem is announcing a new act like he's at a carnival. Uh, That was an interesting take. And the woman, or women, couldn't tell if it was one or multiple, singing Marshall was very smooth. Uh, Okay, this is where I get into the lines. I said, I'm sorry, but the lines, looks like Batman brought his own Robin. Oh God, Saddam's got his own Laden. I was like, okay, here we go. Uh, this man uses current events and pop culture as a weapon. But then he says, oranges, peaches, pears, plums, syringes. Which made me like audibly laugh. Because number one, he partially rhymed something with orange. Which I just think mm. is hilarious. But number two, it was just so like out there for this song. Great hook. And he doesn't even sound as angry as I feel like he normally does in his early... Works. But Dre even makes an appearance in the song. Fun fact, fun little fact. Next. This next song is called Cleaning Out My Closet. I'm pretty sure I'd heard this one before. Uh, It's got like an actual singing chorus. It's Mm -hmm. not just rapping, which I thought was interesting. There's some guitar going on. Um, He's just kind of emitting stuff. Kind of reminded me of a song that we've reviewed in the past, Confessions by Usher. Uh, Which this song is better than that but uh he admits yeah. he was gonna like kill kim and her lover and like yeah. shoot her and then he bitched his mom for not being a good parent which is also something that is a recurring theme throughout this album you're gonna have to bleep this uh, episode a lot <laughs> do i have to bleep i think we have oh, you said no. it probably like three or four times um anyways sorry i'll write that down now uh, I, get that laptop <laughs> I love the oh yeah my laptop's broken right now uh, I love the raw emotion Eminem has uh, you can tell he means what he says uh, because he's and I wrote it like this just so mad all the time he is just why, so mad and I like it I think that's why I like his stuff is because he always sounds mad yeah <laughs> Okay. <laughs> is that it for your Yes. Notes? Okay, cool. This song is one of, uh, not necessarily my favorites, but it's one that I listen to a lot out of his catalog. It's one that I know I'm very familiar with. Eminem raps about his father abandoning him, abandoning him, his turbulent affair with his ex-wife Kim, and the damaged relationship with, uh, with his mother, which he later mentions in Headlights from the Marshall Mathers album 2. And says he was angry and took it too far, so now he doesn't perform it at shows and he cringes when it's on the radio. Whatever. Which, I'll agree, it does get a little brutal in this song. Mm. Not gonna lie, but it is what it is. It's still a banger. Starts with an... Oh, I hit the rim. 
starts with some ad lib because he wants to, you know, he wants that snare in his headphones. He can't hear that snare. Uh, the chorus is actually him singing, not rapping. Still pretty catchy. I'm going to skip this note that I had written down because I just don't want to get into that topic. Mm. He claims that this song isn't a diss, but like I said before, it gets pretty brutal. Uh, when he basically said he would have shot his ex-wife and his father and his mom is dead to him and he's dead to her and all of that stuff, everything in between. Just vicious. Next. Um, fun fact. Add time. <laughs> <laughs> time. Uh, fun fact. I'm trying to think of a fun fact. Uh, there is a type of fish called a mud skipper. And it literally lives out of the water. Like, it comes out of the water and lives on land mud and kip. digs holes. And Yeah, that's uh, what a mudkip's based on, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, it is. Well, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> this next song is called Square Dance. Uh, starts with some sort of accordion. I love the fake record scratching he does with his voice. The chicka chicka chicka. I like that. It's funny. He puts a southern accent on for the chorus because the song is called Square Dance. Oh! Uh, he's buying into that square dance theme. Um, this album is very politically charged, uh, and it's honestly not what I was expecting, but now that I think about it, this, uh, album comes out after, like, the beginning of the Bush administration and 9-11 and just happened not too crazy long before. Um, so it's just a very political time. So this is a very politically charged album. Um, he's complaining about getting into war and drafting essentially kids, even though he's 28, blah, blah, blah. Uh, the wordplay <laughs> that starts at 3.30. Why? The wordplay that starts at th- Now every time I, uh, I know it. Uh, the wordplay that starts at 3.30 is very impressive. Just the fact he could find that many words with that many vowel sounds, and I think I like this song the best so far. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you haven't seen the uh, compilation on YouTube, go check it out. Anyway, Square Dance, my notes are really long for this song. From Genius Lyrics, the song has political roots while dissing cannabis, the Jamaican-American rapper. It's speculated that the song is a direct response to the cannabis song Draft Me, in which cannabis threatens an unarmed rival and expresses a desire to fight in the war on terror, even including a George Bush quote at the end of the song. Eminem Square Dance, this song, basically attacks cannabis and delivers an anti-draft, anti-war, and anti-Bush message. It starts with some accordion, love that, and simple heavy piano, a lot of voice skipping in the intro, which is honestly, could have been, it literally, okay, it sounds like, yeah, sorry, it sounds like it's skipping his voice or whatever, but it, it could have just been him being like, yeah, for sure, <laughs> I mean, it really could have been, uh, like that Wesley Beatbox kid from iCarly, anyway, while dissing Bush and war, Eminem also lays out that cannabis isn't even worth his time. Quote, not even on my radar, end quote. And at the end of the song, mentions him by name, but in a dissing manner. The chorus has crazy instrumental, and I think it's mainly because of a fiddle slash violin going up in the scale and then coming back down. But Eminem also attempted a southern accent, and every time he would say words that sounded like A-R-E-R, like hair or scared, he would say her or scurred. Mm. And because it's a square dance, he throws in that little do do and also, I'm pretty sure Bush is from Texas, so that kind of makes sense, you know, how he's throwing all of that in there, layering it up. Uh, when he mentions, oh, I can't pronounce the name. It's in the Middle East. I don't, Beirut? Uh, yeah, you know. yeah, Beirut, I think. Uh, he includes the sound of gunfire, which Nate already mentioned he kind of does with, like, phone calls and things like that. Mm-hmm. All the sound effects, which is a nice layering touch. A little bit of an eye-opener when he says, you th- you laugh until you get drafted. You think that crap can't happen until you mess around and get an anthrax napkin. He also says, all this terror, America demands action. Next thing you know, Uncle Sam is asking you to join the Army or what you'll do for the Navy. Quote, you just a baby getting recruited at 18. End quote. And he also goes on to say, I'm 28. They're going to take you before they take me crazy insane or insane crazy. Uh, so take from that what you will. And I just ended my notes here because I think yeah. we would be here all night if I dissected every part of this song or each song next. Yeah. Um, this next song is called The Kiss. Yeah. It's a skit. Um, yeah. He's pulling up the car. Killed the girl. Got the marching snare drums going on. He caught the girl cheating. He started messing her up. All right. All right. So that's what you, that's what you heard, right? Yes. That's what you heard. So apparently... 
apparently. Just shoot it. Cash. Mm -hmm. <laughs> One more. <laughs> One more. May, May I take your answer? What? What? <laughs> That's going on the TikTok. That was not scripted. That was literally not scripted at all. Uh, we we haven't said that in what? It's it's probably been it's, a couple months. It's been a little it's bit. It's been a few months. <laughs> Me, I think you had. <laughs> anyway, the kiss is a skit. This skit is a reenactment of what happened June 4th, 2000, around 2 a.m. in Warren, Michigan. Eminem was at his friend Gary's house when he heard that his wa his then-wife, Kim, was ha with another man. They drove to Hot Rocks Cafe and allegedly found her kissing the bouncer of the club in the parking lot. Eminem jumped out of the car and pistol-whipped the man with an unloaded 9mm, which he actually confirms in the next song, Soldier, saying, pistol-whipping bouncer 6-2. Who needs bullets? As soon as I pull it, you sweat bullets. But then Eminem corrects himself in a later song on this album, saying, you're full of it too. Uh, that was, was a, a fist, fist that, that hit you. you. Yeah. So he admits that he assaulted the man, just not with the gun, and he denied the pistol-whipping in court. But this skit is the beginning of the story that continues in the next song and ends in Say Goodbye Hollywood. The background song heard in the beginning of the skit while they were in the car is Eminem's unofficially released track, Everybody's Looking at Me. Next. This next song is called Soldier. He's a veteran, obsessed with guns, I think. Uh, so much wordplay. Yeah. Uh, specifically, the the this is obviously like a common one, but he says sweat bullets, and I just thought that was interesting. Yeah. Uh... He perseveres is what I'm getting from the chorus. Uh, at the end of the song, it's the little marching band, the left, right, yeah. le or not marching band, um, marching like army. I don't know what that would be. Like when they're in like the big pods and they're just marching. Yeah. I'm not um, sure. The left, right, left. And we hear that later on mm -hmm. in the album with the song Till I Collapse, which right. is one of the bigger songs on this album, I'm pretty sure. I think, yeah, so. I think you're right. Uh, so, as I've already stated, it's about the weapons charges and how he boasts about his fearless nature with guns and things of that nature. It partially reminds me of Bang Bang by Green Day and how that's about, like, mass shootings and rage. And it says, Daddy's Little Psycho and Mommy's Little Soldier. Um, it's catchy like his other stuff with heavier bass and an underlying piano, but the song was pretty aggressive, if I have to say so myself. Next song. The next song is called Say Goodbye, Hollywood. Starts with a little sad piano and cop cars. I assume this, I, I don't look at genius lyrics. Lainey does all that. So everything that I say, if it's just wrong, this is literally just how I interpret she, songs yeah. and yeah. I write down what I think it was. So I assume this is after he beats up the girl or does whatever he does right. and there's cop cars pulling up. Um, he wants to continue to be a good dad in contradiction to how his dad was for him. But he sees himself slipping into into that and the only thing holding him to like reality is his daughter. Uh, he's losing right. his sanity from being famous, which is yet again another common theme of this album is that he talks about how fame is just like not what he was expecting and mm -hmm. it's just kind of tearing him apart. So yeah, uh, the song, pretty high. Yeah, I agree. This song acts as an aftermath of the two previous tracks. It melancholy piano with sirens, very repetitive chorus. This one tells his full thought process. I feel like mm -hmm. during the whole situation. So it's telling his internal story instead of focusing on what's actually going outside or going on like outside in the real world. Um, yeah, next. This next song is the song that we were speaking of earlier that uh, got taken off of the censor version. Uh, the song's called <laughs> Drips. Yeah. Opens with a water drop sound effect. <laughs> and then my next line is LMAO. This is definitely about STDs. Um, this literally had me laughing when I was listening to it. Uh, Ob Trice, I think that's yeah. the guy that does the feature, mm -hmm. is very descriptive about this lovemaking yeah. session. Uh he said that I don't even think I the, the, song. the P word is a hearse, and I thought that was funny. Uh, I could not listen to this casually because mm -hmm. it's gross, it's... but this is still quality. This is quality. This is quality. This is quality. Right yes. <laughs> no. Yeah, I, I don't remember if I even finished the song, I'll be honest. Um, due to the song's expli explicit subject matter, 
The song was completely removed from the album's clean version, like we've already <laughs> mentioned. The song is about how Obi Trice and Eminem had sex with the same girl who gave them both STDs. I almost made a comment, but I'll keep that one because I'll, yeah, anyway. Uh, Drips is referring to the fluids that comes out of your body, like if you had gonorrhea or something. Um, and I have to agree that there is just absolutely no way that this could be on the clean album. It's just wrong, dude. Yeah, that song is gross. Next. This next song is called Without Me. We all know this one, but guess who's back? I'm back again. Shady's back. Yeah. Uh, I love the Barry Sacks <laughs> on the beat. Uh... He says he's important to the rap game uh, with the drama he brings. That's Mm -hmm. what I'm pulling from this. Uh, There's an Elvis Presley bar about using black music, which is a very interesting um, thought because that's something that a lot of people don't know is that Elvis Presley's music is like – a lot of it is just like – black artists of the times Because there's a lot of gospel and things like that. And And then he would just like take it and record it. People hated him because of it, though. Uh-huh. Because he was associated with yeah. those kinds of people. Um, the, the people, the audio listeners did not see you doing the finger I quotes. I said air quotes. I don't know if they heard me. Oh, I didn't hear I didn't air air quotes. quotes. It was a sarcastic tone if you couldn't read it. Um, this was an absolute banger, though. Uh, the chorus is infectious, especially since he has that little la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la section at the end. Uh, it's like he's rubbing himself in your face. No homo. However, he does famously use the F slur. <laughs> yes, like very frequently. And he is And he don't care. No, he, Eminem. Okay, if you haven't learned by now that Eminem just does not give a crap. A darn. A heck. A, a frick. A darn <laughs> Then Give up. I don't give up. <laughs> he doesn't give up. Ray Ray. Okay, anyway. Dang. <laughs> uh, without Me shows Eminem's realization of his importance to the rap game and his claim that it wouldn't be the same without him. The song is recognized as being one of the most... No, wait. The song is recognized as being one of the densest raps in history, although it's often ignored because it's too, quote, poppy and a lead single. Yeah. <laughs> The chart... (laughs) You're messing me up, dude. Sorry. The song charted as a top five in 20 countries, reaching number one in 13 of them, and it was later featured on the soundtrack for the 2016 film Suicide Squad. This is a very popular one, and I've heard it before. Obviously, you all have heard it before. Guess who's back, back again, you know, whatever. He picks up the pace a little bit and is still using the pop culture, politics, resentment towards his ex-wife and such, you know, his main themes. And, uh, you know, it wouldn't be an Eminem song without those. That's the definition of an Eminem song. But it has some nice saxophone in there and a nice four-on-the-floor drum pattern. Next song. This next song is called Paul Rosenberg. I don't know who that is, but he's shooting his gun in the air. Yeah. So Genius just said that Eminem has a history of having problems with guns and getting in trouble with them. You know, he pulled guns out at the wrong times and got probation and fines and all this stuff for them. Whatever. But Paul was the former president of of Def Jam Records and was heavily associated with Eminem. Mm -hmm. Uh, The song features a phone call or a voicemail talking about Eminem shooting his guns off behind the studio and how it's a big no-no. This next song is called Sing for the Moment. Uh, Dream on sample. Tasteful. Uh, The... I don't know how to say that. Guerrero. I think it's... You have to roll the double R, so it's like Guerrero. I can't do it though. In one take. Guerrero bar. Uh, that was fire. Um, he's complaining that people think the music is what makes people violent, and I agree. I don't. I don't think it's it's the subject matter that they consume that makes them violent. I think if you're just born a butthole, you're born a butthole. Um, we shouldn't take away. The, the music from certain music from people and that's what he's saying uh, Eminem gets a bad rap as a cr- as being crude and angry which he is he is <laughs> don't get me wrong he is crude and angry but he also quite often has some good stuff to say mm-hmm. just about life or society or whatever and whether he gets it across without offending somebody is a different discussion but I think that's nice, especially since he likes to say things that a lot of people are scared to say. Um, he's which, also got a nice guitar solo. Which it. also, I would like to go back to the Will Smith thing. Was it uncalled for? Yeah. If you want to slap somebody like that for putting your his wife's name in his mouth, take it outside. 
I don't care if you beat him outside, but don't do it at the Oscars on national or like worldwide television. Yes. You know what I'm saying? But then everyone's saying like it's assault, and I guess technically by definition, yes, it is. But like, I don't know. We're born from the south. People just get punched in the mouth. Like that's <laughs> like that's just a thing. Yeah. Anyway, going back into the song, um, Eminem uses Aerosmith's dreams, <coughs> Aerosmith's dream on, like Nate said, and actually has their guitarist Joe Perry play the guitar solo towards the end of the song. Fun fact. <laughs> This song also samples from Titanic's I See No Reason. This song addresses Eminem's effect on the youth, and it touches on the altercation between him and the bouncer his wife kissed, who is referenced as the, the, word, we can't, the word we can't pronounce, which means female warrior. But his real last name is... It, he rolls his R. Joe Mama. I can't do it right now, but it's G-U-E-R-R-A. But then he changed it to this to make it female warrior in the song. Anyway... And this is the song where Eminem claims to have punched him and not pistol whipped him. Next. Uh, this next song is called Superman. I've heard this one before, too. Um, it starts with some smoking and quite possibly some sex. Um, pre-chorus and chorus, so catchy. He's using his wealth to bang these women. Did you say sex or sex? <laughs> sex. Uh, well, there, there's some sex, too. You know what I'm saying? Um, yeah. This is funny, but shady, <laughs> but that is who he is. He's Slim Shady. Very catchy, perfect amount of repetitive, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And it almost kind of reminds me of, like, a Nelly song. That's fair. That's fair. I'm going to go ahead. My notes. I'm here to rescue you. <laughs> okay, so this has uh, Dina Ray, Dina Ray. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Sorry about it. Um, he really loves those superheroes. The song contains a lot of harsh truths about the kinds of women that Eminem interacts with. However, Slim Shady may be trying to detail a sort of enlightenment in the song that he values. The title alludes to the classic situation of Superman saving the damsel in distress and those women being grateful and ultimately attracted to him. Eminem describes himself as being the antithesis, saying, quote, I can't be your Superman, end quote. Preferring to leave women to solve their own problems by themselves. The song also discusses the need for men in relationships to abandon women with severe personal issues and leave them to sort out said issues on their own and to not swoop in and save them. Eminem does not want to play Prince Charming. That's good because Shrek defeats him in the end. Um, and depicts himself as a hardened soldier aware of what women... Donkey! <laughs> <laughs> Don't care. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that's the crap out of me. You said that. <laughs> I didn't know. I don't know where I was. Um, okay, hold up. <laughs> oh, and Eminem depicts himself as a hardened soldier, aware of what women genuinely want from relationships. There's also another take on this song, possibly unintended, that basically derives meaning from German language and says that his divorce from Kim created a void where Eminem's values once were, and they're now being questioned. In the wake of the divorce, he now wants to construct new values and not rely on women as a source of happiness. Next! This next song is called Haley's Song. Haley is his daughter. Mm-hmm. Um, honestly, this song is really touching. I like it. You don't, you don't get to hear Eminem sing a lot or feel happy emotions, and you yeah. get both of these in this song. Um, he just loves his daughter, man. Obviously, he's not the best singer, but really, that doesn't matter because the sentiment is nice, and it was sweet and wholesome, and it made me feel good to listen to. Right. So, this is an ode to his daughter, Haley. After the divorce, Eminem ended up getting custody of his daughter in 2002. This made him happy, so he wrote this song. He had intended to give this song to her when she was old enough, and it wasn't supposed to be released on this album. But then Dr. Dre played the song for, I think, a few women or something like that, and they convinced him to include this song on the album. The overall sound of the song is a complete 180 from the rest of the music that you will hear on this album. But it maintains the same beat with bass and snare, but it's much lighter, and it features more singing than rapping like Nate had already mentioned. Moving on. This next song is called Steve Berman Skit. Um, Eminem's meeting with a guy apparently he shot. Uh, He ridicules him for his music even though he had a drug problem and threatens him with a pistol and I don't really even know what's going on man so I the way I took it basically was that Eminem shoots Steve in the middle of 
Steve saying, like, this is the greatest album I've ever heard. Mm-hmm. And But the sound effects are crazy. We've already mentioned that, though. Next. Uh, this next song is called When the Music Stops. Eminem only has the first verse in the song. Uh, they're complaining about the rap game, being all about the money. The people only care about their music and the, the, them when they don't care about them as people. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just an old-timey piano thingy with them spitting over it yeah. uh, with some bass. And very simple beat. The song was just okay. Nothing really drug me in. There wasn't a ton of Eminem going on in this song. So, ah. At this point, I was kind of starting to really hit that decline. I hadn't really felt it until, like, about this point. Um, but oh, but this features D12, by the way. So basically, Eminem, D12, vent their frustration with the rap game. Um, D12 is the rap group that Eminem was a part of at the time. And, you know, they're obviously, like I just said, they're featured in the song. But the song is about how people take WAP. WAP. <laughs> How people take rap way too seriously and need to realize that it's just lyrics. The main message of the... Okay, that's not true based on the other Eminem songs that we have heard, but whatever. The main message of the song is to stop, quote, confusing hip-hop with real life when the music stops, as in going out and doing what you hear in rap songs after you're done listening. Actually, yeah, you know what? That's a pretty fair message. We can move on from that. Next song is called Say What You Say. He's dissing someone. The song isn't just generalized anger like a lot of Eminem songs. It's like directed at somebody. Uh, The chorus is a tongue twister, though. Uh, He says says the the word say like a million times. Um, But I like how him and Dr. Dre are like trading bars. I think it's Dr. Dre. They're like trading bars. Uh, I'm pretty sure it's Dre. Uh, and uh, I appreciate that. Yeah. Uh, say what you say, like I said, it is directed towards someone. And it's going... Actually, it's more than one person. But it is a diss to Cannabis again, as well as Jermaine Dupree and The Source magazine. This was Eminem's first retaliation against the magazine, which later turned into just full-on beef between the two. Um, this song is also about Dre stating that he hadn't left the rap game yet and that he is here to diss people and maintain respect. And I honestly just love, going off that last part, I honestly just love how Eminem doesn't hold anything back on this album and how Dre, I mean, brought him into the limelight and that he produced this album and he doesn't hold Eminem back either. Next. Uh, this next song is called Till I Collapse. This is like the ultimate hype-up song. This was on our football highlight reel when I was in middle school. Yeah. Um, This brings back the military people from earlier where they're like marching around. Uh, My favorite bar in this whole album, potentially, is when he lists off the people who he thinks the rap goats are. He says uh, Reggie, Jay-Z, Tupac, Biggie, Andre from Outkast, Jada... Something Nas and then me, and I think that is an absolute bar that he somehow yeah. made that all fit in there. Um, absolute slapper gets your adrenaline pumping. I really enjoy this song. Yeah, this. I mean, this is one of his more popular, one of his better songs. Yeah, just yeah. Um, oh, this features Nate Dogg, by the way. Rest in peace. What was he on? Weed. not what I was looking for but you're not wrong was he on Usher's what was he he was on something else that we did I'm not sure I don't know Nate Dogg Nate Dogg anyway I'm only reading what Genius Lyrics has to say about the song and it says Marshall makes a beat for himself and proceeds to tear it to shreds (laughs) the drums are taken almost directly from Queen's anthem We Will Rock You Although it has never been released as a single, it charted on a few occasions. You were watching Euphoria? No, that was an ad. Okay, I was about to say. When other Eminem albums have been released. If I was watching Euphoria and listening to this album, call the doctor. (laughs) (laughs) Next. This next song is called My Dad's Gone Crazy. And this might be my favorite song on the album. Because it features his daughter, too. It features <laughs> Haley, And she's like a little kid. Uh, Eminem does a little coke in the beginning, too, which I think is funny. Um, one of the biggest themes in this album is that he loves his daughter. And then he's got his daughter on the like last actual song. Of course. Uh, <laughs> it's just an absolute slapper. Uh, 
I think it's cool how this is the last real song on the album. Yeah. And in the chorus, he says there isn't much left to say. Just a solid pseudo ending to the album. Just a fun song to listen to. With the, I think my dad's gone crazy. Because you can tell she's like little. Yeah. Oh, That's, yeah. And it's so, it's funny. It's what fun. What year did I say this came out? 2002. Yeah, so she was little because Eminem got custody of her this year. That's crazy. Like the year this came out. I think my dad's gone crazy. It's really funny though. It's because like people ask like, yo, are you a fan of your dad's like music or whatever? And she's like one of his top Spotify listeners. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know. That's funny. Uh, <laughs> Genius lyrics. Eminem says that he let Haley come to the studio with him one day. She said, my dad's gone crazy into the mic and he decided to put it into one of his songs. He was criticized for putting his young daughter's voice into a song with such vulgar language. But in his defense, Haley Jade Mathers was not present during the recording of the actual song. She merely provided inspiration. Can you imagine if she was in the video listening yeah. to Yeah, <laughs> listen to him like snort coke. <laughs> Alright, and then this last one. This last one is called Curtains Closed. This is the end of the Eminem show. He's showering or something, I don't even know. They're singing... Guess who's back? This person's just singing it. Funny ending. LOL. Okay, so the skit <clears throat> the skit closes it. <laughs> the skit Zaxby's? Did you, get, did you eat three Zach sauces today? Do you have that big Zach snack meal? <laughs> no, I actually had the chicken finger platter. <laughs> uh chicken finger platter, six fingers, double up on the fries with a sweet tea and an extra Zach sauce. Please. Uh <laughs> Okay, so curtains close. Skit. This skit closes the album, really, with Ken Kniff or Kniff. Sorry, Ken. Still on the stage, slurred and rapping without me, and wishing the listeners a good night. So one through ninety-two. Where is she at right now? This is episode fifty-one, so we are nine uh, forty-one. Yeah, okay. I'd move it up a little bit. I think I enjoyed it more than you did. Mostly because I never had that feeling of like... This album didn't slow down for me, really. Right. Um, so I'm probably moving it into low 20s, high 30s. I was going to say 30s. Like mid so, to high thir- or mid to, You know what I mean. <laughs> anyways. Mid, mid to low... Yeah, I get what you're saying. Yeah, okay, okay, okay. Mid-30s, we'll just say it there. Yeah, sure. <laughs> um, anyways, do you have anything you'd like to say to the viewers before you wrap this thing up? No. <laughs> you never do. I don't know why I even ask. I was going to think of something, but my mind literally... The Twitter! TVM Pod, TVM POD, the Instagram, the Diamond Mind Podcast, YouTube, uh, the Diamond Mind. Um, if you look up the Diamond Mind Podcast, it should be us... Uh, TikTok, Diamond Podcast, we have rate, three videos. like, stuff. No, wait, four, maybe. Comment, message, email. Um, we need to speak to them. Poke us on Facebook. <laughs> if we got a Facebook and anybody, is our poke still a thing? I don't have a I don't, Facebook. I don't think so. I don't know, maybe. Okay. Um, okay. What was the purpose of them? Like was there? Do you any? remember? Do you remember the Ryan Higa skit where it was like the super poke? Was that Ryan Higa? It was either Ryan Higa or Smosh. Oh, it could have been Smosh. I don't oh, know. yeah. Okay. Anyways, let's wrap this thing up. <laughs> okay. <laughs> this has been the Diamond Mind Podcast. We'll be back at you next week with Michael Jackson.